Happy New Year, everyone. It's great to be back with you. And I got to tell you, it was, it was away and it was wonderful. Enjoyed the time with the family. And I'll just say, kind of as an aside, too, it's good to sort of complain and expect to not get along with your siblings and then possibly like get all of your prayers because it was like the best get together of my siblings I've ever had. We didn't fight, it was crazy. So it really went well. So thank you for the prayers. You'd be proud of me. It was great. But, you know, and just kind of being away, you know, do you have that opportunity, especially coming up on New Year's, to kind of look around at you know, those various articles, doing some more reading of random types. And it was funny to me just like looking at different sort of predictions for 2020, you know, it's like looking ahead at the year to come. And so often, I think a lot of things like that kind of take on an anxious tone. Like, if this happens, you know, the whole world's going to fall apart. And and the fact that we're starting not only a new year, but a year that sounds just sort of huge, 2020. And the fact that, of course, we have a presidential election in November. There's all sorts of things up in the air. It's just kind of crazy out there. So there's always, like, all of this stuff, like, what's coming in the next year, right? And I think that this gospel on the solemnity of the epiphany is a really wonderful way to kind of look at how we're going to approach entering into that new year. Because the fact of the matter is, we don't know everything that's coming, right? I mean, if you think back to the beginning of 2019, I'm sure there were plenty of curveballs in your own life. There were plenty in mine. And as you kind of move beyond your own life, I mean, heck, it was kind of a crazy year for the church. We know that there's always things coming at us from all sorts of different angles. How do we deal with that? How do we handle it? Well, if you look at the characters, so to speak, from the gospel for tonight, I think we're given the right sort of image of how to react to the unknown, how to listen to our Lord and to move forward peacefully. And I say that because when you look at, frankly, I think the most important, we'll say five characters, the Magi, Mary, and Joseph, they handle things so well. Now, when the Magi see the star at its rising, they know they need to follow it. They've been you know, reading and searching and studying history and philosophy and astrology and all of these things, and this is leading them on. And from the studies that I've done, it apparently took them about six months to a year to get to King Herod. I mean, this is no short trip. And so they don't know exactly what's coming. And you even see that, and you know, the fact that they're essentially knocking on King Herod's door and saying, show us the way to the newborn king. You know, and so what do they do at that point? They listen, they hear the answer, and then they continue on. Now, notice it's like the star has sort of gone away, but as they continue to trust and continue to just take the next steps forward, all of a sudden, there's the star once again when they leave King Herod's palace. What's their reaction? And it's hard to, to get it in the English because it just says something like they're overjoyed. I mean, the Greek like reemphasizes it like three times, like they were overjoyed with great joy and so they rejoiced. I mean, it's like, boom, and they really hit you hard with that. And they kind of, you know, they keep going. What do they find? Jesus with his mother. And of course, we know they give him all the gifts. They continue to trust. They're led by the angel not to go back, but they go home a different way. They trust in the midst of it all. Now, when they started out seeing the star at the rising, they didn't know that they were going to set home by a different way. They didn't know that they were going to kind of lose sight of the star for a while and then be overjoyed with great joy. They were rejoicing. They didn't know exactly how it was all going to unfold, but it did, and they were led, and they were fine. 
You look at Mary and Joseph. I mean, when you think about all we've reflected on, on these, at this point, it's really only 10 days of Christmas. It'll be the 12th day on the 6th, but we celebrate the Epiphany today. I'm sorry for you purists, but here we are, okay? It's the 10th day of Christmas. But we continue to move on, and we reflect on all of the beautiful stories of Christmas. But when you think about Mary and Joseph, once again, I mean, think about, you know, just back into the first chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. You know, when Joseph was betrothed to Mary, but before they lived together, she was found a child by the Holy Spirit. There's some difficulties there. He's ready in secret to divorce her. Why? Because he doesn't want to make a big commotion. He's concerned about her dignity, about her safety, about all of these things. And yet, what does he do? He trusts. He's open to whatever the angel is going to tell him. He continues to listen to our Lord and move on. And just a fun fact about St. Joseph, you'll notice in all of these beautiful stories about him, it doesn't say one word. He just continues to trust and is led. You look at our Blessed Mother. Here are these three kings coming to her, opening these treasures for her little baby boy. I mean, all this amazing aspect. And we know from the Gospel last Sunday, which actually follows this one chronologically, they've got to get out of town fast because Herod is going to flip out, right? And so what do they do? They trust. They go to Egypt. They're there until he dies. Then they come back to Nazareth. Once again, with all of them, it's not as though from the beginning God was like, here's the entire plan. You're going to follow this step by step by step. No worries. No. I mean, there's ups and downs. There's difficulties. But what do all of them do? They trust and they're peaceful. We get the exact opposite when you look at King Herod. And once again, I mean, with, with the Greek itself, it makes this so much more dramatic than we get it in the English. Because when he starts consulting everybody and talking to everybody, it gives it the sense that he never calms down. He's getting everybody's opinion, everybody's advice. He wants to find out what's going on. And notice the difference with him. He brings the Magi in secretively. But it's not as though he wants to protect the Magi. He's got his own plans going on. He's worried about losing his own throne. Doesn't even really listen to what they say about the Messiah. Notice what kind of a ruling he's going to do. It ends with, who is to shepherd my people. It's not as though Jesus comes in as some sort of a rival wanting to take over his throne in Palestine. He's there to shepherd us to lead us to a lasting peace. And if Herod would just calm down for a second, he would actually realize that Jesus would give him the peace that he clearly doesn't have. And we see what happens with his fear, once again, immediately after the gospel today. When he figures out that the wise men don't come back to him, he goes into a murderous rage and has all of the children to and under in Bethlehem killed. Fear causes us to do crazy things, terrible things, stupid things, all sorts of things instead of being peaceful, trusting in the fact that we are being led by a God who loves us. And so that's what we look at on this epiphany. The fact of the matter is he is available to all the nations. And I think it's too easy to think about that as, you know, like this big beacon to the entire globe. It's true. He's available to everyone. But the trouble sometimes if we think too big we forget to think small. He's there for you. He's there for me. That yes, we don't know exactly what's coming in 2020. I don't know what's going to happen in my own personal life, in my family, here locally in the parish, you know, beyond that in the diocese, locally, nationally, internationally. Who knows, right? 
But at the same time, we can't be like Herod, you know, jumping from, you know, Twitter account to Twitter account or every different article to find out what everybody thinks and being completely consumed. Rather, we need to look to the example of the five peaceful people in the gospel today, the Magi and Joseph and Mary. They don't know exactly what's coming next, right? But they do know that God is with us. He is Emmanuel. And the same Emmanuel who humbled himself to be with his mother in that manger, you know, to be there as the Magi came, is the very same Christ who humbles himself to be right here with us in the Eucharist every single day, my friends. So we know that no matter what's coming in 2020, we do know this. Christ remains in our midst. So just one final thought. I think one of the best things we can do is to remember to be like the Magi with the gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. What's the gold? Well, you think about it, it's like, you know, what you give to the king. It's the economic day-to-day everything that we do. Bring him into your life. Make sure that Christ is a part of your day-to-day decisions because when he's there, peace reigns. If we get too worried and frustrated about everything, we can't just enjoy the life that he's given us. Do you know exactly what's coming tomorrow? No. But that's not the way it's intended to be. He's there with you. Stay close to him and let him be a part of those daily decisions. The next gift flows right from that. Frankincense. He is God. We offer him up our worship, our adoration, our prayer. Make sure you stay close to him in prayer every day. I know I think what Monday is one of those days where it's kind of like it's sad because I know for a lot of us it's like Christmas break is rapidly coming to a close. But in some ways, too, the routine of, you know, getting back into a normal schedule, of having that daily time of prayer is so important. Share with him what your anxieties are. Share with him what your difficulties are. Share with him your joys, what you're overjoyed with great joy at rejoicing about. Talk to him about everything. Make sure you offer up the frankincense of your prayers. And finally, the unique one, myrrh. What is that again? It's what they use to embalm bodies. It's that recognition that he's going to lay down everything for us on the cross. He tells us in so many places, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. The great news is, as we see, he's done it for us first. He made himself vulnerable. Heck, he was in the clutches, so to speak, of Herod, not that far away. He stays with us in the midst of the Eucharist. And so as we go through our own crosses, as we bear our own difficulties, remember, he's there with us. Don't get bitter or upset or anxious or or terrified of everything. Rather, stay close to him. Offer up your sufferings. Talk to him about them. And remember that you're not alone. No matter what may be coming in 2020, we do know this. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He was 2,000 years ago. He is today as well. May all of us stay close to him and lead everyone else to him as well. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.